You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysrunacouch.com. And I don't know if y'all are ready for this, but we have broken new ground on the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast with Blue Jays Fan Sunday. And I appreciate y'all for being patient. Um, Let me just give you a quick overview of what my life has been for the past couple days. Um... I don't know how many of you know this, but I do have a day job. I work as a sports editor handling sports for basically every major North American sports league, including college basketball. And because things have to be written for college basketball tournament games, I have had to be on duty well into the wee hours of the morning because California exists. And that is a four-hour difference from where I live, which means I get no sleep. And it has resulted in my shifts going long. So I did not have time on Friday and Saturday to shoot the podcast. I was busy tracking whether or not Santa Clara beat Pepperdine, which I know, really fun, but I am determined to bring you the fan edition of the podcast and we will be having the fan edition of the podcast and then tomorrow we will have the second half of our interview with mlb.com's keegan matheson so be on the lookout for that i i guess it's kind of serendipity too i get to record on sunday important day for a couple reasons it's international women's day which very important and I've I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about promoting it. That's great. Let's make sure it actually translates into a non-online sphere. I mean, you just had probably the best female presidential candidate drop out of the race because sexism prevented her from getting any traction. So still a lot of work to do. Appreciate you sharing a hashtag, hashtag out there. Now go do something about it. Also, today is my mom's birthday, so... I got to sit down, have a lovely lunch with her and my father, brother, sister-in-law, niece, who's adorable. And actually got to talk with my dad a little bit about baseball because I was talking with him. And telling him how the Red Sox weren't looking good. And he's like, oh, but the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays 5-2. And like, well, it is spring. As I have prefaced everything I have said on this podcast over the last two weeks, it is spring. Can't really take a lot from it. But still, we we have to do something with it. That's That's a life I've chosen in sports media. So I put it to you what your thoughts have been so far. Who has been disappointing? Who's been awesome? 
you know, I just wanted to hear from the people and the people have delivered. So we're going to go through some of them now. And I want to start on a positive note. So I'm going to turn to Azim Jaffer at Azim Jaffer. Very simple. He just says, Nate Pearson can't wait to see him pitch this year. And Azim falls under the category of a lot of people. I think Nate Pearson has been everything we've wanted. He pitched another two scoreless innings against those Red Sox the other day. Walked two batters, so he he gave up base runners, but still has not allowed a hit this season. And you can feel the same sort of anticipation watching Nate Pearson that a lot of people felt watching... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year just like oh we need him up immediately and he won't be up immediately he will be held until like late April early May because service time but he looks ready to go he looks like he can be electric even now like as a rookie and obviously the Blue Jays have no incentive to rush him along. They're probably going to take it really slow with Pearson unless they find themselves in a playoff hunt in September, which they very well might. But it's just, it's been a treat to see a pitcher like this. The Blue Jays have not had a pitcher like this come through the system. And like, Strowman's great. He was a great pitcher for the Blue Jays. He did a lot with what he had. He just does not have this kind of stuff, though. He does not have the triple-digit fastball. He does not have the change-up that he can just bury inside on batters. And it's watching Nate Pearson out there that gets me really excited. Because you can have all the batting you want. But the old maxim is, in the playoffs, pitching and defense beats offense. And if the Blue Jays can start getting those guys in, start being like, here's Nate Pearson, try and hit him in the postseason. That's going to go a lot further to establishing success. The hitters can come along and you can try and win Slugfest 9-8, but you need an ace you can throw out there and Nate Pearson looks like it. And it's so good. Let's move on to literally Lost Pixie at Little Lost Pixie. Pixie is impressed by Alejandro Kirk. A lot of people are. No disappointments because it's only spring training. And I totally understand that, Pixie, and I appreciate the upbeat attitude you're bringing to this. Alejandro Kirk, he's not a secret anymore. There's a reason why I told Mike Wilner he could not pick Alejandro Kirk as his Blue Jay turning head because everyone is looking at Alejandro Kirk now and and seeing that bat and seeing the hustle he has. And I think he is operating on a similar path to uh, Williams Astadio, who's the twins catcher slash third baseman who they use and, and just makes a ton of contact. Very similar in profile, very similar in build. Astadio has struggled with injuries so far at the major league level, but if you're telling me the Blue Jays can eventually bring up a guy who just gets the bat on everything, can hit like 300, 
I will take it in any form. And and who knows if Kirk remains behind the plate. It depends on how long they think they can keep Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire together. But the Blue Jays have a lot of catching options with, with Kirk, with Riley Adams, with Gabriel Moreno in the system. It's definitely a position of strength for the Blue Jays. And, and Kirk's just the latest one. I'm... I'm glad people are getting stoked for him because he's a very fun guy to be able to follow. So I'm going to turn to Lori at Bright Skies 99 next, who gives a very nice broad overview Lori tries not to overreact about spring training, but obviously Pearson has been a spectacular sight to see. Sad for Alford. He's giving them no choice. Thornton has looked good, leaving little doubt where he starts. Jansen looks amazing. Panic and Kirk have been fun. Now, as you heard on Thursday with Keegan Matheson, we talked about Danny Jansen a lot and the changes he's made to be able to establish himself a little easier and, and get that routine much easier easier to avoid the just abysmal start he had last season when he was batting like 160 going into June. Just disgusting. But yeah, the uh, the big thing I, I take away from Lori's tweet is Anthony Alford. And Lori is not the only one to mention that. Julie at Julie J's. Sad that Anthony Alford is struggling this spring after that amazing game he had. I really want to see him make the team. Alejandro Kirk has been a pleasant surprise. See Wilner? Two people have mentioned Alejandro Kirk. He's not a secret anymore. Cannot use him. But, yeah, after that three stolen base game against the Yankees, people really were excited because it looked like Anthony Alford had put something together. And since then, he has been an absolute windmill at the plate the the strikeout tallies are just insane and pitchers have the book on Anthony Alford at this point they know he's he's going to to swing at stuff he should not be swinging at and he's going to take stuff he should not be taking he's a very attackable hitter and he hasn't made the adjustment and he's had years to make the adjustment and he was going to have to do something drastic to lose his 40-man spot, but he's doing something drastic to lose his 40-man spot because at this point, you can't make the argument that he deserves to start in Toronto and that Jonathan Davis should be starting in Buffalo when Davis has outperformed Alfred, is a better defensive outfielder than Alfred, can steal as many bases as Alfred, and actually gets hits with the bat. So where does that leave Anthony Alford? Probably the DFA target to make room for Joe Panic on the 40-man roster. Because Joe Panic's making a, making a spot. And if it's not at Alford's expense, it's at another person's expense, who we're going to talk about in the second half. But this is... You don't want to take spring training stats as as hand-to-God sort of, sort of things. But this is the same old song from Anthony Alford, a guy who has the potential to have all the tools, but just cannot put it together at the plate. And do, do the Blue Jays really need a worse version of Billy Hamilton right now? No, they don't. So as much as I love Anthony Alford and, and hope 
that he makes it at the major league level after all the things he's been through with the with the fire in his family home. He he deserves every chance of success, but he's just not taking it with the Blue Jays and it's they can't afford to wait for him anymore. He's out of options. He's he's dropped down the prospect chart. He's number twenty one, I believe, on MOB's prospect ratings. He just he's not he's not there. He doesn't have it. And if Baltimore wants to take a shot, if Detroit wants to take a shot, Miami, one of these other teams, go for it. Because it's it may be for the best that he gets a shot somewhere else. Because it's just not happening here in Toronto for Anthony Alford. Anyway, we're going to move on to the second half of Blue Jays Fan Sunday right after this break. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with our Fan Sunday edition of Locked On Blue Jays. And again, just to tell you how seriously you should be taking this, I want to point you in the direction of friend of the show, Roy, at Yeah Hi Roy. Roy's big spring training takeaway is that he is not impressed with the hats. Honestly, it was a stupid idea for a hat. Very few teams can pull it off well. Toronto's actually probably one of the better teams at doing it, but I I would take Arizona's hat over Toronto's very quickly. Roy also says Gurriel has looked as is. Vlad needs to elevate more, otherwise it's just spring. Very, very true thoughts. And and you can see Vlad's trying to elevate that ball a little more. He's been trying to do it all spring. We'll see how effective he is. But again, this is the time to do it. So before the break, I said Anthony Alford was one of two Blue Jays who were at severe risk of losing their 40-man spot. And Matt Sweeby at Blue Jay Matt points to the other one. Because he asks, what does Brandon Drury bring to the team? Okay, defense at two and three, bad in the outfield, and worse at shortstop, couple with one of the worst bats I've ever had the misfortune to witness. The hap trade was an utter failure. Now, first of all, Matt, don't sell Billy McKinney short just yet. He still has option years, so he has time to be something. But Brandon Drury has been operating on the promise of that 2015-2016 stretch with Arizona when he looked really good and can play multiple positions. And what have the Blue Jays been preaching? Positional flexibility. They've, they've been preaching that pretty hard. Brandon Drury is quickly being overtaken. And, you know, that's his own fault. He knew Joe Panic was brought in and Joe Panic's not signing a minor league deal with this team unless he thinks he has a legit shot to knock someone out. And if Brandon Drury couldn't see that coming, that's Brandon Drury's own fault. And again, just it, it's the it's the lack of ability to do anything with an at bat. He had uh, yesterday. He had a bases loaded situation for the Blue Jays. What did he do? Struck out three pitches, just instantly, and. The sad thing is, no one was surprised. I don't know if it's just the nerves that get into Drury's head, but it just seems like he has a complete 
lack of ability to to keep a level head in situations like that. And when you have a guy like Joe Panic who plays better second base, plays better shortstop, and you have a guy like Travis Shaw who can play third base, you have Panic who can play third base. You could really stick Lourdes Gurriel Jr. if you want to there. But the positional flexibility that the Blue Jays have built up now is working against Brandon Drury and his case to stay on this team. So it is very possible that he could make way for panic just with a flat DFA. I know I'm pretty sure Drury has one option here left, but at this point, like, what's the point of having control of someone if he's no good? So, I'm I'm going to say the Hap trade was disappointing, but that was just emblematic of that whole 2017 tearing down when, you know, the front office had to shift gears really quickly. And, you know, I would argue the Donaldson trade was, was worse than the Hap trade, but that's just me. All right, going to move on quickly here. Uh, Mark G at daytime underscore baller. Uh, wanted to get your insight on Travis Shaw and how he's doing and how he's projected to do. Well, he hit a home run yesterday, which is a plus. I mean, that's that's exactly what Travis needs to do if he wants to, you know really put the stranglehold on his job. It's It seems like he has first base locked up already without the competition that I think there should be. But yeah, seeing Shaw do that off, admittedly, a guy who's pitched at double A, so whatever. But if Shaw can start finding that swing, that's what's going to get him back to those 30 home run campaigns that he had mil- with Milwaukee. And obviously that's what the Blue Jays are hoping for, the 2017-2018 version of Travis Shaw as opposed to the one last year. Can he start to build on that? Can he can he start to make more consistent contact? We'll have to see. He's going to have a job on this team anyway because he can play across the infield. And if Brandon Drury is gone, they need someone who can do that. So... That's that's going to be something to look for going forward. He's he's going to have that. I, I took him late in my podcast fantasy draft. I know another person that I'm in freaking contact with took Travis Shaw specifically for that first base position. So he's going to get run there. He's probably going to get... 20 home runs. The important thing for Travis Shaw is if he gets that with a 250 batting average or a 200 batting average because there's a big difference because they already have Rowdy Telez for the latter. And we're going to close this off with Liz at Biggles 14. Very positive outlook from Liz. Lourdes has been good. Bo has been good. Yamaguchi had been good till Harper took him deep. Sean Reed Foley has been good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the Monday episode a little bit. I do talk about Sean Reed Foley with Keegan and how in in the conversation about other Blue Jays young pitchers, Reed Foley has been the forgotten man. It it feels like he's been around forever. But Reed Foley has shown renewed control in these one inning stints. And I know the Blue Jays said 
oh, we want to keep Sean Reed Foley as a starter. Some of these guys aren't going to be starters. You're not going to have 10 starters at Buffalo this season. Some of these guys are going to have to be transitioned into the bullpen, possibly to pitch with Toronto this season, given the way their bullpen's been constructed. And some of these guys are going to have to come off the 40-man as well, because if you want to add some of these other guys like AJ Cole, Justin Miller, even Mark Sepchinski, if you want to add these guys, someone has to come off. And it's at the point where it's going to be a very difficult decision. Sean Reed Foley has answered the call and made himself look a lot better. He's shown more control. He's shown a a more... A, a, I want to say pragmatic approach to pitching. And, of course, the mustache is there, too, so that kind of helps. But... He's doing what he needs to do to stick around, which is more than can be said for some of the other players on his Blue Jays roster. So I said before, I like Reed Foley in a bullpen role, and this is kind of proving it for me. So I I am happy to see Sean Reed Foley doing good, and I hope he continues it throughout the spring and into actual baseball, which is coming soon. I swear, we are, God, we are two and a half weeks away from actual baseball opening day. I cannot wait for it. And I hope I did not make y'all wait too much for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone who contributed thoughts and disappointments and fashion faux pas tips. Everyone, thank you so much. If you want to get involved with these Blue Jay Fan Fridays, usually today it's Sunday, but whatever. If you want to get involved, follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, whatever you use to get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Locked On Jays. And we will be back tomorrow with the conclusion of our interview with Keegan Matheson of MLB.com. And I hope y'all enjoy it as much as you enjoyed this one. I hope. Anyway, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at JaysFromTheCouch.com, I'm E.G. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.